At Rockland Trust, each relationship matters, and we know that your relationship with money may be complicated and may need some extra love and attention. But where do you start? I'm Julie Beckham, the Financial Education Officer at Rockland Trust, and this is the No Shame in This Money Game podcast. What you should have done and could have done, didn't know and should have known, doesn't matter anymore. There's no use spending one more minute blaming or shaming yourself. Because really, with everything going on in the world right now, you don't have time to get down on yourself. And you don't deserve it. We're all in this together, starting now. And like I said, there's no shame in this money game. Happy New Year and welcome to the No Shame in This Money Game podcast. Now, two of the most common New Year's resolutions revolve around fitness and finances. And today we're talking to Shannon McClay, who has combined both of those ideas and is the CEO and founder of The Financial Gym, a personal financial services company that takes a fitness-inspired approach to clients' finances. Welcome, Shannon, and Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being our first guest in 2021. Happy New Year. Excited to have some new numbers in in our year, getting out of the 2020. Yes. I am just amazed at what you have accomplished and what you've created. So I want you to tell us about the financial gym. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, I am an entrepreneur who never intended to start a business. And here I am seven years later in the business I started. And I started the business because I had a 13-year career in financial services. I became a Merrill Lynch financial advisor because I felt like the financial advisory space wasn't really diverse enough, especially where women were concerned. And then I became an advisor and realized that the issue isn't just diversity, but it's the inclusivity of all types of clients. So to work with me at Merrill, you'd have 250000 in assets. So it didn't seem like a big deal to me until I started meeting people that I called my pro bono clients. So people who didn't have 250000 in assets, but wanted to speak to an advisor. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to ask somebody how much they have in their bank account before we have coffee. That's just not something I'm comfortable doing. So I took every meeting with anybody who reached out to me and said, I'm looking for a financial planner. I was like, great, let's, let's chat. And so one of those first meetings was a woman who said, I have 250,000 of student loan debt and I make $50,000 a year and not the six figure law job that my private law school told me I was going to have. This amount of student loan debt may seem extreme, but unfortunately it's not. Although the average student loan debt for someone with an undergraduate degree is around $30,000 nationally, the average combined student loan debt for someone with a law degree nears almost $150,000. Student loan debt can be a big financial and emotional burden. It just went on and on. I remember thinking, I have no real tools to help her at Merrill, but I wanted to help her. And the most heartbreaking thing she said to me was that she felt unlovable because who would want to marry her with all this debt? And I just remember thinking, I can't help her, but I want to. So that was the beginning of me becoming the worst financial advisor ever, because I loved helping people with no money. And that was my aha of like, I have to create a business for people like this. These people I kept meeting, which are the majority of Americans. And, And at the same time, I was on a weight loss journey. And I remember thinking, when I wanted to get physically healthy, there's so many places to go to get physically healthy. But if people want to get financially healthy, 
where would they go? Where would I send these pro bono clients to that would treat them like human beings, no matter what's in their bank account? And I remember thinking, if you want to get financially healthy, you go to a financial gym. And so I saw it all very clearly. I never wanted to start a business. And yet the business I started, I saw very clearly all at once. I said, it's like H&R Block, but fun and cool. Advisors are trainers. They wear jeans and t-shirts. And just like a regular gym, people pay a monthly membership fee. And just like a regular gym, every person can work out here, no matter what, whether you have $2 in the bank or $2 million in the bank, we know how to work with all of that. So I left Merrill seven years ago to start building it. And seven years later, we have four gyms across the country. We work with clients in every state, though, because we work virtually as well. And our clients are as young as 17, as old as 74. And have we've had clients start with us with negative thousands of dollars in the bank because of bank overdraft fees. And we've had clients start with us with millions of dollars and zero dollars of debt and almost millions of dollars of debt between student loans and mortgages and everywhere in between. And we really do feel like it's like a regular gym. Everybody can come work out here. That is so amazing. You spoke to so many of the things that we talk about in this podcast. I mean, the shame that that woman came to you with when she said she was unlovable with all of that college debt and how that must have felt and your call to action to create something where she would feel lovable and would feel capable. And I think that's where you've been able to meld a lot of other things we've talked about, which is financial coaching versus financial advising versus financial counseling. And it seems as though as the gym, you're doing a little bit of what everybody needs. Yeah, it's where however they're coming to us and whatever kind of workout they need. We use a lot of fitness analogies with our clients. And and this started early on and it works well because we have clients who will say, I don't understand my money, but I've trained for a marathon or most people understand fitness concepts. Even if we're not physically fit, we we have a good idea about it. And we make a lot of those analogies to really kind of help our clients connect with their finances. And I do. I love the name of your podcast because we say all the time, the two words we hear in the gym all the time are fear and shame. Those are the two words we hear. I'm afraid, you know, I'm never going to pay off my student loan debt or not, I don't have enough save for, for retirement, or I'm ashamed that I have credit card debt. I'm ashamed I'm not saving, or I'm ashamed that I make too much. I mean, we see, we see, I always tell people the problems are the same. The zeros are different because we've seen it all. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And I would say it doesn't matter the size of the paycheck. There's been a lot of talk over the last year about the percentage of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck. Technically, that means that an individual or family depends on each paycheck to pay basic needs and bills and would be in financial trouble if a paycheck was missed. Nearly 80% of Americans report that they live paycheck to paycheck. We have clients making 40000 living paycheck to paycheck, clients making 400000 living paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Sometimes you just spend what you have because there's no plan. You know, I have a friend who's a personal trainer. I one day asked her, I said, well, what's the one thing that you say to people? And she said, really? What I want to say is put down the cookie. And I, I thought, you know, in finance, what is that? What is that cookie? Credit cards. Right. Nearly half of Americans report having some amount of credit card debt. 
High interest rates, late fees, and the feeling that you can't make a dent in what you owe can be very overwhelming. And that's what I thought, you know, put down the credit card, rip it up. And there's so many ways that you can connect this and obviously ways that you have. What results can someone expect to see? You know, if you join a gym, you're thinking, yeah, I might be able to lose five pounds in a month or I'll gain muscle mass. What are the results from joining your gym? Like I said, people are living paycheck to paycheck. So we always have people who say, why should I pay money to save money? My arguments always, on average, our memberships cost about $85 a month. And I always say, if you can't afford $85 a month or you're afraid to commit to $85 a month, then you need to join our gym because no one should live a life where $85 a month is going to stress you out because that probably means you're not looking at everything holistically. There's always room to work out the finances. And and again, if you're not, if $85 isn't going to cut it for you, then that means you're not planning for the longer, bigger things. And we do need to look at what the situation is. So our average client in three months of working with us, our average will increase their net worth $2,500. They will increase their credit score by over 40 points and they will increase their income by over $5,000. Because just like a regular gym or fitness program, we take different approaches with our clients. So if somebody told me that the only way I could lose weight was a keto diet, I'm not going to lose weight because I need to drink wine. I'm going to eat a loaf of bread if I'm stressed out and I need to do that. So I use, I love Weight Watchers because I can decide how I'm going to spread out my points. So that works for me. Or if somebody told me that to get physically healthy, I had to do burpees. That was it. I would never <laughs> get physically healthy because I hate burpees, but I have a Peloton bike and I love to ride that. So we do the same thing with people's financial situation. When we give our clients their plans, their fitness plans, their financial fitness plans, we give them a lot of different approaches they could take. So here's ways you can you know, control the expenses side of it and tips for doing that. But then also we're going to tell you how much you need to make because 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes they don't know what the paycheck should be. And based on what their current expenses are or what their future goals are. And we literally will tell you based on everything you told us, here's what your income should be. And some people might come to us making $40,000 a year and we're going to tell them they need to make 70. They might be like, okay, that's great. And if I could make 70, I'd make 70. But the majority of people and how we coach them into that is like, look, we're not saying you're going to make it overnight, but we're saying this is your number. This is the number where all your hopes and dreams come true. So let's try to change the trajectory and see if that could work. And what happens is 90% of our clients end up getting that pay increase or looking for because now they know what they need to make. And maybe they're going to negotiate at their current job, which is what we help with, or we're going to help them look for a new job or side hustles or do something. We're going to help that. That's where the coaching comes in. We're going to get them to the place where they're going to get to that. And I can't even tell you how many times, Julie, we see clients, we give them that number and they come back to us, whether it's in a month or six months and they get the number we told them because they were like, I just didn't know what I need to look for. Now I'm working up to it. So um, it's a lot of different approaches we take, but that's why we can get results. And then we also have a six month money back guarantee because that I just we believe so much in what we do. We're like, if we can't get you to a place in six months, because sometimes it takes a little while, just like a physical health journey, uh, financial health journeys are not overnight. And sometimes it takes a process of like changing behaviors and thinking, changing your money mindset and looking at things differently. And we're going to help with that. 
this is not the first time a guest on this podcast has talked about your money mindset. Season one, episode four's Owning Your Money with Belinda Rosenblum talks a lot about your money mindset and how to overcome your limiting beliefs about you and your money. Be sure to check it out if you missed it. It's something like 85% of our clients within six months are hitting their goals. And so sometimes it just takes a little while longer. And um, within a year, we have close to 95% of our clients are hitting their goals. So um, I believe so much in it that we have the money back guarantee and we've never had to pay it out because it's just like, again, a fitness program. If you're going to commit to it, we're committing with you and we're going to get you there. It just might take a little while, but anybody could get financially healthy. Right. Because it's amazing because you don't know the direction or how fast to go if you don't know where you're going. So to have experts tell you where you're going and and how you can get there, you have a goal. And sometimes that's half the battle is just knowing what the goal is. Some people don't love hearing financial planner. It seems like it's a lot of plan. doesn't sound fun. We just call it like your roadmap and we make a lot, we make an analogy to a road trip and I would say, you know, none of us would get in a car. If you think about your adult life being a road trip from New York to California, none of us would get in a car trip from New York to California without some kind of game plan, maps, you know, ways, whatever we're going to use, like where we're going to go. We wouldn't do that. But yet financially, we are driving around without roadmaps all the time and we're making rights and lefts. We're making decisions every single day that are impacting that road trip and we have no idea. A lot of times we meet with our clients and they're like, I don't know where I am because we're making all these decisions and we're doing it without the roadmap. And half of the battle is just having the roadmap. Right. And I mean, my peer group is probably somewhere stuck in the middle of Kansas (laughs) thinking, where am I? Once you have kids, it's like you got to Ohio and you got lost because we because that's the other thing we say. Kids are like the Disney World off the beaten path track Mm -hmm. to California, expensive and big detour. And yeah, and we're like, that's great, though. You know, if you have you want to have kids, that's fantastic. That just means, you know, maybe we're not going to see Seattle. Maybe we're not going to hit Chicago. Like we're going to have to adjust the game plan. And, and that's a problem. We see people do have children and don't adjust any of the game plan. And, and that was a problem actually I had personally, like my husband and I had our son and we didn't really change a lot of our financial picture yet. We had this very expensive new addition to the family, including childcare and just everyday expenses. And that's where people get lost too. From diapers and daycare to dance lessons and driver ed, raising a child can be on average a quarter of a million dollar proposition. That's a big budget line item. And if you don't plan or at least adjust your spending, it can be quite shocking. So the roadmap is really critical to the trip and then following it. Definitely. Now, for me, going back to the gym in this new year, any physical gym where I'm I'm looking to be physically healthy, my first excuse is, well, I don't have the time. So what is the time commitment or, you know, or in gym terms, you know, how much am I going to sweat if I go to the financial gym? Yeah. I mean, the best thing I, I can say, and I say all the time, I've been doing this now for seven years. I'm actually really thankful I'm not 
a physical fitness trainer because we can actually get results really quickly and with a lot less sweat financially than we can. And that's part of the challenge is staying committed to the results is seeing the results. So sometimes you can get results very quickly because just even having that plan done, it's you can see very quickly some of the changes that need to be made and can be made in relatively short order, but it is going to take some work depending on what you look at. So the other thing I say to people too, is to feel how they can feel confident is that everything we do financially is fixable. Every single thing you do, including bankruptcy. I mean, everything is fixable. It's just a matter of how much fixing do we have to do? So, um, you know, it just depends on the level of fixing we need to do and, how quickly that can happen. But it's a just like any other fitness or health analogy, it's going to take time and looking at it on a pretty consistent basis and, and making a plan. But we always say, too, we want to make it fun. I mean, if again, if we tell you it's a keto diet, you're not going to do it. We, we want to give you the plan that you're going to want to do because we want it to really be a lifestyle decision. And throughout 2020, I think one of the highlights of 2020 for me was all of the positive feedback we were getting from clients who had been on their plans and, you know, we're like, thank God I have an emergency fund or, you know, thank God I have a plan for when these things are happening and just that relief they feel. And I don't want anyone to live a life where money is the stressor because it's really fixable. And when you talk about shame, I, there's nothing worse than we could see the people carrying around that kind of shame, which is so unnecessary. I mean, it's just literally just numbers. They don't define us. They don't have anything else to give to us except they're just numbers on on a page or on a screen. And they're so fixable. So it just depends how much you sweat is just how, how much we have to get off, you know, or work around. No big deal. You know, and it's a great perspective coming out of 2020 and, and this unprecedented time to think about it's just numbers. And, mm-hmm. and instead of putting all the weight, all the guilt, all the shame on where you are, find out where you are, come up with a plan and do it. And breaking it down that way, Shannon, is just such a, a doable format. It's a great way to start off the year. Again, we've had clients had to file for bankruptcy and that seems like a negative thing, but you know what? Like it, it's like a restart. So, okay, you messed up. No big deal. Like you're not the only one. Let's start with a clean slate and get back on track. Bankruptcy is a legal process overseen by federal bankruptcy court designed to help individuals and businesses eliminate all or part of their debt or to help them repay a portion of what they owe. This is a complicated and emotional process, which is why it's important to talk to a financial coach or counselor and consult a lawyer about all of your options. There's something like 98% of people experience financial anxiety. So if you're anxious around your finances, you're not alone. But um, it's actually, you're creating more anxiety by not dealing with it, even though it seems like the the fix at the moment, because you're feeling anxious, it feels like the better thing to avoid it. It's actually, you're creating more anxiety by not dealing with it. Culturally, Americans, we don't talk about money. We, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have that shared experience. So whether you're physically bringing people into your actual gyms or doing this virtually, you're creating a cultural shift 
where talking and working through, moving on that metaphor, like working out, working out these issues that you have with money in a way that where you can solve some problems and again, realize that it's it's just money. It's fixable. So it's great. Now, if, if I'm not ready for the gym and like I am typically not ready for the gym every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, okay, well, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to do, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to go for walks or I'm going to get active. I'm going to lift weights or I'm going to take a class. What's one thing I can do to, on my own to just start getting more financially fit in your opinion? Well, I think the first thing is, especially thinking of the new year, is stepping on the financial scale and just knowing what your financial picture looks like. I think a lot of people, you know, we have maybe accounts in different places or especially if we have a significant other, some people don't know what family picture looks like. So really just taking the inventory of your finances. So what are all the bank accounts? How much do you have in them? Do you know where your retirement accounts are 401ks, you know where all the credit cards are, what the balance is, the interest rates, the student loans, really taking that inventory, stepping on the financial scale and taking a look at it. So knowing what you're dealing with. And and when you look at that scale, whether it's like your assets, which are bank accounts, investment accounts, retirement accounts, liabilities, like the mortgages, the debt, student loans, looking at that. And then look when you look at that, what gives you the most anxiety and what would you like to fix in 2021? And so some people, it's the debt that gives them the most anxiety. Some people that they don't have enough savings or investments or plan for retirement. So what is it that causes you the most kind of stress? And then pick that area as like the focus area you want to look at. So if it's the debt, okay, well, can I research or, you know, or get lower interest rates or like, how do I manage the debt better on the investing and saving side? How can I, you know, work on these, this particular area? Cause I think sometimes people get overwhelmed because there's just so much. And so I say, just pick the thing that gives you the most stress and let's start like putting a plan around it. And that's the the biggest thing. First of all, knowing again, what you have is the best. The other thing I just say that I think that people should do that I think is such a quick and easy way to kind of get the finances to in order is I always say expense tracking is a really great way to kind of get a handle on the finances. Cause that's another big thing we hear all the time is I don't know where my money's going. I'm making it. I don't know where it's going. So I tell people, especially the beginning of year, to spend the first 30 days, like tracking every single day where your money's going and you could do it. There's budget apps that are free on your phone, or you could just literally write it in the notes app of your phone or handwrite it on paper. But every day, just track where your money's going. Like if you buy coffee, $5 or whatever, if you bought breakfast, like whatever you, you're buying or order food online or Amazon, whatever it is, every day track it. And then not with judgment, but just look back when you get to the end of the month, look back and say, hmm, did that seem like the right amount of spending, the wrong, like that, did that seem high? Can I do better? Like what? And then look at maybe some consistent areas where you're spending. And we kind of call those the problem areas. Like, is that something we can work on getting lower the next month or whatever? But, you know, so many people don't even know where their money's going. So that's a really easy, quick exercise to do at the beginning of the year. It's just like tracking what you eat. I did that once for a week. I had to write down everything I ate, and it actually caused me not to go grab something because I was like, oh, I don't want to write it down. (laughs) And so you're much more conscious. Or you know what you're consuming, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to eat that. 
He's like, rather have this because you know what it looks like. Yeah. In the process of tracking expenses, we see clients spend less or spend better because they're like, why did I just do that? Because it's very, I always say we all work really hard for every dollar we earn. It's very, especially getting out of 2020, we all work really hard for every dollar. So we should make it hard to spend every dollar too. And unfortunately, because of our phones and other sources, it's easy to spend money. We should make it more difficult. So the tracking process makes it a little more difficult to spend our money. Definitely. Well, these are amazing tips. Great way to start off the new year. And as you know, this podcast has a bit of a gaming aspect because it's fun. So I just want to spin my wheel and get a random question for you. So just give me one second. Okay. If you found a $20 bill in an old jacket pocket, how would you spend that that would bring you the most joy? You know, it's funny. I'm at the point where I don't really have a tremendous amount of joy in the spending process. There's just very few things that bring me that level of joy because I find joy in just day to day. So I honestly, the most joyful thing for me would have been finding that $20. That's like, the joy is in that discovery of something you weren't expecting is truly the most joyful. Great answer. And then because Rockland Trust is the bank where each relationship matters, I do ask all of my guests if what is one word that can describe your relationship with money? Empowered. Empowerment. And I want people to feel like that too, that you can change your relationship with money and take it from a place of fear and shame into a point of empowerment and joy. And it's hard to fix a lot of relationships because there's usually another human being on the side of it. I always tell people, I can only control so much, you know, in a relationship, but the great news is your relationship with money is, is truly one-sided and you can change it. Thank you for listening to the No Shame in This Money Game podcast brought to you by Rockland Trust, member FDIC. My name is Julie Beckham, and yes, I do take requests. So be sure to email your personal finance questions and curiosities to me, your host and your educator at julie.beckham at rocklandtrust.com.